Welcome to the latest instalment of The Curious Capitalist, brought to you by the Board of Conscious Capitalism in Connecticut. The Curious Capitalist is a series of podcasts where we take the opportunity to not only speak to board members from the Conscious Capitalism Connecticut chapter, but also to business owners, startups and entrepreneurs. The Curious Capitalist is available on all of the world's biggest podcast platforms, including Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music and Spotify. Never miss an episode again and subscribe today wherever you get your podcasts from. Welcome to the latest episode of The Curious Capitalist. It is my great pleasure to introduce Derek Trowbridge and Jane Monaghan from the Soil Carbon Management Company. Now, these guys are pretty interesting. Derek has been making biodynamic wines at Old World Winery for 20 years. I'm excited to learn more about what these guys are getting up to. So, gentlemen, welcome to The Curious Capitalist. Thank you, Claire. It's great to be here. Uh, Likewise. Thank you, Claire. Okay, let's get started then. Let's start with you, Jay, if I may. Tell me a little bit about what you do and how you got to this point in your career. I'm working with Derek, getting Soil Carbon Management Company going. It's really in startup mode at this point. So we're trying to figure out uh, where we're gonna be citing our fungi growing activities, where we're gonna be accepting wood chips, uh, how we're going to afford to make all of this happen. It's at that very exciting time in a company's life. My background brought me to this from running a dairy farm to being a large organic farmer in the seacoast area of New Hampshire, to also being a medical physicist and doing research at Harvard Medical School, as well as working in industry for years, which has given me a business running, industrial growing companies background, as well as the agricultural background, and just love of the soil and love of the farmers that work with the soil. It sounds like the perfect combination of experience for what you're doing right now, Jay. Derek, what about yourself? Tell me a little bit about what you are currently doing and how you got to this point in your career and your involvement, of course, with Soil Carbon Management Company. Mm, Well, I'm currently splitting myself too many ways. (laughs) I feel you. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, got a couple of businesses and... Really, it starts out with Old World Winery, and you know that's been a passion project of 23 years or so. I've got about 33 years, I believe, of farming experience. Born into a farming family and a winemaking family, and went and got a master's degree, and kind of brought that home to Sonoma County, where we are here in California. And I, I just had a love of farming and a love of soil, and it took me a lot of different ways. The winery you know, is a great way to encapsulate that. You know, you got this this bottle full of flavors and terroir as they talk about. And so it's a great way to like taste the soil. And that's probably what turned me on to it so much. But then I came in contact with uh, an old vineyard that my great grandfather planted. Uh, It was in one of the family members had it and it came up available for me to farm, started farming that and it needed help. And so I developed a, a soil amendment to resuscitate those vines. They were really in bad shape. They were 120 years old. Wow. And 
that was the, the, the kind of impetus for the next thing, which is soil carbon management, which is a business that commemorates what we built there. And we just won $50,000 in a business competition in June awesome. on utilizing biomass. Yeah, yeah. So that, that that's kind of the, the quick snapshot, as you, if you will. No, that's brilliant. So for the lay people amongst us, Tell me about the importance of the soil, Jay, if you wouldn't mind. Tell me a little bit about the importance of the soil and, and, the, and the growing process. Actually, that's a question I could go on for the rest of the day and uh, <laughs> go on for the rest of the week with. But soil is the foundation of life on this planet. And just uh, the organic agriculture movement, which I was a part of, has been now supplanted by the regenerative agriculture movement. And regenerative agriculture is really paying attention to the soil and acknowledging that that's really where all of the magic of life on this planet happens. We're only coming to understand in the last decade or so, literally the last 10 years, and new information is coming out every day of the fungal life that is in the soil that gives it its magical properties. We're coming to realize that there are these mycelium threads, fungal threads underneath the soil that reach out in Oregon, they've actually mapped one out that goes for a diameter of five miles. Wow. And they pull in, they communicate with other plants in the soil. They latch on to the roots of plants in the soil and create what's called a worldwide web, oddly enough. Um, <laughs> so that if one plant is having a hard time or it needs some nutrients, it can call out and the fungal threads will pull in what that plant needs. What we're realizing with like some chagrin is the last hundred years of using a plow to plow up the ground every year in the spring has been destroying these fungal threads. So in addition to releasing a lot of CO2 into the atmosphere, as we plow over the fields in the spring, we're also breaking up all of these fungal threads that would have helped all of our plants grow better had we left them alone. Wow. Oh my goodness me. So the soil carbon management company, do you offer advice and guidance to other companies or are you just trying to support those fungal threads, so to speak. Derek, that sounds like you're a baby. <laughs> One for you, Derek, I think, is the importance of soil in your business. Yeah, that's the whole basis of it. You know, soil carbon's really, in essence, the pilot started about 12 years ago, and that was within Old World Winery. And when I was doing this, of course, I had no idea about like creating another company to utilize that product. I was just trying to save some old vines. and. It worked really well, and then I came to this, uh, you know, amazing understanding about what I call we call the product primordial biome, and the organisms that are in it are primordial organisms. They're, you know, they're the same organisms they were, oh, 400 million years ago, I believe. Some of them are non-evolutionized, like old fungi are blobs. Newer fungi have fruiting bodies; they look like mushrooms, and we eat them, you know. But but typically, what's growing in my piles is blobs and they produce just wild you know i could take you on a tour of pictures someday uh, to show you the blobs the interesting blobs that we that we get and it's fun to watch you know taking that and 
and utilizing it in a broader way because what it's doing is changing the paradigm of agriculture. You know, the current paradigm is, you know, farmer gets on his tractor and as Gabe Brown, a famous regenerative agriculture farmer in the Midwest says, you know, his, his neighbors do recreational tillage. And I had to think about that term for a minute. And I was like, yeah, that's, that's kind of what's, what they do for fun. And they just do it. You know, a farmer typically doesn't think they're doing work unless they're dragging a heavy piece of steel and creating a bunch of dust and turning up the soil. And I realized that because my farm had been after 120 years of tillage, see, so I was seeing the results vividly and needing to correct them. And the, it boils down to carbon. There's a lack of carbon in the soil. The soil's harder, plants aren't, aren't as fertile. And so we need to put carbon back into the soil. It just so happens that we need to also put carbon back in the soil to get it out of the uh, atmosphere. So we're doing two things at once. And, you know, right now the atmosphere is, uh, I probably don't need to tell you, but uh, 420 parts per million. That's, I think the, the earth was at that rate like 4 million years ago. You know, we were stable at about 280 parts per million. So in, in 150 years, you know, since the onset of the industrial revolution, we've, we've doubled it and um, that's not going well for the climate. No, absolutely. Scary times, some scary stats there as well. So basically, we're going to try and save the world and we're going to also grow the best vines and create some of the finest wines in the world. Is that pretty much sum it up, guys? You nailed it. I mean, <laughs> it, it, it's it's just, you know, really, first and foremost, you think the product would be about the farmer's product. You know, we're, we're helping farmers create, a, you know, basically we're healing soil and the soil heals the plant. A healed plant offers a better product. It needs less sprays. It's more nutritious. It's all encompassing in what humans need right now. And it also sequesters the carbon back into the soil. And, you know, selling carbon credits, it's probably the most important part, actually, if we think about what the world needs right now. Very much so. Tell me about the carbon credits. I'm just going to take it off on a little bit of diversion here. Claire. Sure, you're, uh, yeah, second. jump in, jump in. Derek's, uh, and I have talked a lot about the soil and uh, how foundational that is and the fungi and everything in there. But the other part, which is equally or more important, is community. And one of the things that Derek has done and really made uh, Old World Winery successful is to involve the community, the community here in Sonoma County and the community of people that enjoy his wines. So part of the every fall is to gather people that know him and love him and to go and help him pick grapes and then stomp the grapes and that that's a great time in addition with the soil carbon management company what we've seen is those same people as the foundation have embraced this but now the sonoma county california has embraced it also so there's been a lot of uh, fire damage from all of the fires out here. There are a lot of dead trees that need to be taken down and chipped up. There are a lot of trees and biomass that need to be cleared out around people's houses so they're not as vulnerable to fire. So Sonoma County has been generating an enormous amount of wood chips and Derek has a way to use them not only to keep them out of the dump, from just going to waste in the landfill, but to actually create something that can pull CO2 out of the air, put it in the soil for the use of the plants by the fungi. 
And the entire community has got that. They understand that. They are helping us out by uh, giving us land near the Sonoma County Airport to grow things out on. We're going to have help with uh, permitting. We're going to have, the community is embracing that. And that's in addition to the soil is, is a large part of what we're doing as community. That's fantastic. And that's, you know, it's such an important element of, of any business is to obviously have excellent relations within their local community and also to have their support and, and for people to be on the same train as you, if you like. Which leads me to, Derek, yourself, what do you wish you had known before you started out on this journey of saving those vines and having made wine for so, so long? Was that always part of your plan? Oh boy, there's so many things, Claire. Uh, you know, I mean, honestly, every day I look backward and see how much ignorance I had the day before, you know, and I just hopefully am growing past that each day to do better, you know, the next day. And there's so many financial things that I wish I knew. But to be honest, when I started this, I wasn't really as interested in being an inviting community into the thing. That's probably like the biggest part of where I'm at now, where, you know, I was just a farmer enjoying the beauty of my space and, you know, using it as a respite at some level. And then my customers started saying, Hey, we want to come and stomp grapes with you. Cause we were stomping grapes. And I was like, well, you know, that sounds like a risky liability, whatever. And then the community <laughs> came, you know, I mean, with that brain, you know, I'm just like, no. And then finally, you know, we had a day where we had to, we couldn't stomp at all. And so we had to invite people. And it just showed me something totally new. This other thing happened and it was quite amazing. I mean, some people just, I guess, are raised to expect that. I had to kind of learn it on the fly. And the same thing happened again with picking. The community again said, hey, we want to come pick with you. I'm like, no way am I handing any, anybody a knife and saying, go and you know, get to work, you know, who's never done it before. Um, and then we had the need and I did it and it was, just remarkable it's kind of like a retreat you know the people get together they don't a lot of people don't know each other and by the end of the day we have a big lunch and they're sitting around and there's something beautiful that happens that's unexplainable unless you witness it and in many ways i wish i'd had that formulated in my brain at the start could have done things a little quicker but then i actually would have never truly learned the lesson that i learned there that's amazing i've just got this uh of friendships being made over the vines. Oh, it's so romantic, Derek. So question for you then, Jay, tell me what a regular day looks like for you then. You know, what do you get up to? How are you progressing and moving the company forward? What does the average day look like for Jay? That's a good one. As Derek said, there's just not enough hours in the day. He's trying to run two businesses. I'm just focused on the one, but it still feels like that. So we have permitting that we're doing with the county. We have marketing that we're doing for both the soil carbon management concept of using fungi to regenerate uh, the soil and capture CO2. And then we have marketing to potential uh, users for the product. Again, uh, just going off a little bit on the side as I like to do, I'm Irish, so it's genetic, I'm sorry. But, uh, <laughs> I'm saying nothing. <laughs> the, uh, <laughs> one of the things that is remarkable is we're in a drought out here in California, as probably you and your listeners are aware. 
And Derek is a dry farmer. That is, he doesn't irrigate his vines. And majority of farmers out here, I think that are growing grapes in Sonoma and Napa are wet farmers or irrigation farmers. And uh, Derek's vines have done a lot better this year than almost anybody else. In a drought year when everybody's reporting less yield um, on their vines, Derek's had one of the best years ever for just yield from the vines. And when we talked about fungi before, the fungi there, the, the vines are stressed, they need water, the fungi go and find it. So fungi in some places have helped the roots of the plant go down into the aquifer, almost like drilling a well to get the water that they need. So anyway, um, coming back to your original question, what does a typical day look like? It's trying to figure out how to educate people on this, how to get the word out, how to get this all going. And then also thinking along with Derek of how do we grow this eventually beyond Sonoma County? Sonoma County is going to be our incubator or a place to get this going, but soil fungi can grow on any carboniferous mass, can grow on leaves in New England. It can grow on hay straw. How do we get people around the country and, and around the world using this thing that uh, we've kind of tapped into here and are finding is something important? It's a big task. Exciting work, though. Exciting work. Derek, what about yourself? What does the average day look like for you other than wielding a knife, walking the vines, stomping the grapes? I've got this really romantic notion of your life. Tell me what the average day is. It's totally romantic, unless you're actually doing it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you know, it's funny. I, I just, I often say this, you know, I, I've never had the same day twice. You know, there's always an unfolding. There's a smattering of things that need to happen and it's okay, which ones can actually happen. And, you know, I may be in a truck hauling a trailer. I may be on a tractor. I may be sitting writing. It's just, I guess, because, you know, it's a small business and, you know, most of the hats have, have my name on it, you know, got a very, a varied amount of jobs to do. And Susan, who's my administrator here, she helps me get the, uh, the paperwork done, which I'm not good at. <laughs> so. I'm kind of curious. I mean, forgive me yeah. my ignorance. I, I'm not a wine connoisseur and uh, never yeah. claimed to be. What's the process? Because I know that we scheduled this interview and then we were waiting on the weather. And it's very exciting to, to kind of be on the end of the, the information coming through from you about when you're going to harvest and how you do it. What's the process look like for you? An abridged mm. process, I guess, over the course of a year. Yeah, you know, well, the year starts for me in January. I mean, I guess it does start for most people that way, but that's the that's the cycle of life for perennial crops. Uh, and grapes are a perennial, meaning they, they live a long time and they need yearly tending. And, uh, and so we'll go in and prune them. And it's really my favorite job because in, in January, there's not a lot else happening. It's the only time, to be honest, Claire, that I get to just stand in the vineyard and sort of have a meditation, if you will, yeah. without a lot of other things coming in. Mm -hmm. I mean, I got into this business because I wanted to be in the vineyard. I'm a farmer. Mostly what I do is not in the vineyard, but, uh, but pruning, you know, I'm there. It's my favorite job. It's a really unique job in that you have three years in mind. I've got the prior season of growth in my mind. I've got the next season, what I'm going to harvest in mind, and I've got that further season. 
And a pruner who has all three in mind will do a good job and those vines will live along and produce good fruit. And then after that, you know, it's maintenance, spraying, tractors, equipment, trucking, trailers. It just, there's so much equipment involved, especially because I'm in California and the land prices are huge. So, you know, I lease vineyards and I got little plots everywhere. And so I think I've got whatever, six plots. And so we got to run in between them and do all these jobs. Then we get a little break in July. And then August is set up in the winery. We got to be getting bins ready, trailers ready, ready for harvest. And harvest starts for me in August, uh, late August usually. Winemaking teams typically stay in the cellar, but my winemaking team is vineyard crew as well. So we're out there picking in the morning, sometimes 3 a.m. as Jay mentioned on the Chardonnay and a few other picks that we had uh, where we picked with lights. And then we bring that fruit in and we process it through the rest of the day. On our community picks, we don't usually start at three because no one's going to show up. I was going to say, uh, they're dedicated, <laughs> dedicated yeah. people in yeah. your community. <laughs> no, no, they'll, they'll show up at six looking pretty harried and, you know, ready for coffee. And, and we'll usually take a half hour or something just to get everybody kind of settled. And then, then we'll go to the vineyard and pick. And we don't pick for long, two to three, four hours, you know, with a group like that. Um, people just, you know, they're not going to work all day. And that works good. We, you know, we get off what we need and then we come back and stomp it and then we have lunch. And so that day is a big day, but it's beautiful. It's, you know, one of my favorite things year round. I mean, I'm exhausted at the time, but if there's something about the process that enlivens me and I love being part of a seasonal process so that I always have my mind is always settled in the reality of the seasons, which can also be depressing when there's climate. I call it climate challenge, not climate change. Yeah. Because, uh, I mean, a lot of people will mm -hmm. argue climate change, but you can't argue climate challenge. We are more challenged now. Yeah. yeah, very much so. Very much so. So some of the tenets of, of conscious capitalism, of course, is, you know, is having a higher purpose within your company. Would you say that obviously the, the soil carbon management company has a very clear kind of higher purpose? What about yourself, though, Derek, within the winery? Could I you answer know, that for Derek? Yeah. Yeah, jump in. Cut you off there, Derek. I'll let you go afterwards. But I just wanted to add something that I find about you. As a farmer I, myself, I find many of the things that you do, they might be viewed as an outsider as repetitious and boring. I find them to be meditative. So I was just getting chills listening to Derek uh, talking about being out there pruning. I just was there in my mind with him as just this meditative uh, exercise that goes through the year. But Derek has uh, described himself also as a redneck. And I just um, <laughs> love that kind of juxtaposition of the meditative uh, redneck. So Derek, over to you to, to, to uh, see where you go with that. <laughs> The imagery in my head right now, Derek, bless you. Uh, so <laughs> thinking about the, the the tenets of conscious capitalism, you know, and one yeah. of the, the, the big things is about having a higher purpose, you know, within your company and within your organization. Talk to me about how higher purpose works for you, Derek, within Old World Winery. And also Jay afterwards, if you don't mind, for obviously the Soil Carbon Management Company. 
Yeah, I love the term consciousness. I just really appreciate that you're bringing that to capitalism. I mean, you know, I mean, because a lot of people have thoughts about capitalism and it can be a lot of different things. But if there's consciousness in it, then, you know, it's not really going to be all that bad. Consciousness can be a lot of different things. You know, it can be I'm conscious of my bottom line, but it also could be I'm conscious of, you know, my employees. I'm conscious of the culture of my company. And to me, you know, there has to be a guiding principle. I mean, if we're just here for me to make money and that's that's it, then I don't think that's enough to have a truly viable life. So what is it? Is it is it fun along the way? Do we want to, you know, have or, you know, support organic food, whatever. Those are the, the tenants that come in to my culture in my business, which creates my community. Right. So culture that terms used a lot. You know, we got agriculture, got race culture. There's a lot of different ways to use that term, but it's a process that creates the the uh, community. And if something's going awry in my community, then I need to change my culture. And typically what we're doing is just thinking about the end result. And if something goes awry in the community, we cut that off, you know, just eliminate it, fire someone, whatever. But things can be changed in the culture to create the community that we want. But that community has to be in somebody's consciousness, you know, and understanding and observation. You know, as a farmer, my most important tool is observation. And, you know, I use that every day. It's the keenest sense that I have. And combined with observation, if I'm in my consciousness, meaning I'm having understanding, I'm viewing things, I'm seeing people that maybe aren't as happy or something's off at the moment or we weren't on just now what was that and um, then have a discussion about it then we're all on the same page instead of someone living in fear i mean typically you know in capitalism i, I had a few jobs before i started this and you know fear is is utilized pretty handily right uh -huh. i mean yeah for sure the, it's a cult culture of fear and kind of like the principle you know back when we were in in school that's one way to manage a business and I certainly don't like to use fear, you know, you know, do this job or else. But I do like to use fear when I'm handing someone a knife to say, go prune some grapes. You know, I say, well, you know, if the knife hits your finger, it's going to go to the bone. You know, that's a, to me a good use of fear. You know, so the culture that I create has to be one of consciousness, understanding and flow. You know, so we're flowing together. This business is important to me and I think that people working here, it should be important to them too. If it's not important, then you know why are they here? And it's not gonna be important to them if they feel like they're in fear of it. So yes, I would say culture, consciousness are the guiding principles in how I operate whole world winery. And that manifests itself in the second business with soil carbon management that I started. Have you got anything to add to that, Jay, from uh, your soil carbon management hat on firmly? I'm just going to add a little bit more to what Derek said. I think sure. that people that have a higher purpose, that are working for a higher purpose, tend to pull people into their orbit. People tend to notice that. And so, Derek, I always tease or a joke with how are you manifesting all of these wonderful people into your life 
everybody from Susan, his, his right-hand person who, you know, does all the paperwork because that's not uh, something that Derek does particularly well. Uh, <laughs> uh, Sounds like my life, but Derek, it really does, but go on. <laughs> um, Sean, who uh, just appeared from New Zealand right when Derek needed help with harvest this year and just uh, jumped into it with a passion and, you know, worked his heart off. And myself, who just got passionate about what Derek's vision is of saving the world in a very tangible way that is accessible and doable. We're not going to, you know, go and bring people together at the climate change summit, but we're here in Sonoma County and we're making a positive impact on the world for our having been here and doing this. Very much so, very much so. And you know, one of the things I love about conscious capitalism is when I get to hear the success stories and when I get to speak to companies and to individuals and to leaders who are implementing their ideas and it's bringing about a greater good for a number of people. I get a lot of joy out of that because you're right, Derek, to a great degree, you know, capitalism and the way in which some companies are managed is through fear. And that's not the way to infuse a team, I guess, is the best way of putting it. And without teamwork, right. you know, particularly in your line of business, you're really in trouble, really in trouble, which leads me on nicely, actually. If you could snap your fingers and make one cultural change happen within your company, either one for you, Derek, what would it be and why? So I'm in the hospitality business and the food and wine business, right? I mean, you know, our product is typically served at a meal. And I see how that is so important to humanity, you know, obviously because we need sustenance, but meals are also a great time to connect. You know, meal times were important in my family and our family gatherings, as I know it is for many others. And so it's actually, you know, we often have our meetings at lunch, you know, like my administrator and I will, will chat over lunch and it's a time to settle. Everybody's relaxed. Food does have this miraculous sort of way about it. And so, you know, if I, if I had a magic wand and I could, you know, create some cultural change, I would have, you know, like our gardens that I farm now. Be, you know, be incredibly larger and actually providing food for our lunches, you know, maybe 80 to 100%. Now it's maybe 50%. Um, and then also have a chef. And, you know, honestly, it's so different when people sit and all feel equal at a meal and they're all eating the same food and it's, it's lively. Um, it creates community. That moment creates community. And so it's one of the ways that I would like to further create community. That's nice. Yeah, bringing people together, food and drink, it has a way of doing that. A question for you, Jay, if I may. So when you're not focused on the soil carbon management company, what do you like to do to unwind and relax? What is, what's your, uh, your favorite pastimes, I guess? So my wife, Miriam, and I moved out here to California about five years ago and are exploring the state. And we determined if we both stopped working now and just spent every day exploring a new park or area of the state, it would last the rest of our lives. So we're hiking, biking, kayaking, just being outside and exploring this beautiful area that we live in. 
Absolutely. What about yourself, Derek? What do you do when you are given a, a moment's free downtime? What do you like to do to relax and unwind? <laughs> I joke and say that what do I do for fun? I, I farm for fun. You know? yeah. I, do you know, I was going to say, I was going to be really presumptuous and say, you've got your dream yeah. job. You, <laughs> every yeah. day is a fun day for you, huh? Yeah, yeah, but I really enjoy the river. You know, we're lucky enough, my family has a house on the river and we spend time there. I enjoy camping. So, you know, just more ways of experiencing natural world, nature, you know, that that really are those are the experiences that i pursue and hiking that kind of thing got it yeah outdoor stuff unsurprising there so a couple <laughs> more questions to wrap up gents tell me a little bit if you don't mind derek about your plans i guess both personally and professionally what do you what are you what are your wishes i guess and aspirations for the next few years, I, I don't like to say the five to ten year thing anymore because of COVID, it scuppered everything. Whew. But uh, <laughs> you know, moving yeah. forward, you know, what would you, what are you aiming for? What would you like to see happen? I'm changing my personal paradigm, you know, from being like a, you know, a kind of a, a one man outfit uh, with some help to really passing that down and hiring more help. And you know, as we grow both businesses simultaneously it's going to take a, a lot more people and that changes the direction of my daily direction you know instead of getting in the truck and driving around it's more you know becoming a um a facilitator and i find that i'm good at that and i enjoy that uh, but it is definitely a change for someone who you know has been doing it themselves and so it's a shift in the, my thinking in what i invite and also, you know, there's the inviting more community and, you know, all the things that go with that, picking someone, writing a job, instruction, and that kind of thing. So, you know, so so that's in the, definitely in the next two-year plan, but, but really growing this product so that we can utilize what's a waste product, you know, the biomass that's generated every year is an incredible amount, most of it being burned to generate electricity, which seems great, is great, but it could do so much more good rather than just, you know, evolving it to the atmosphere immediately. Why not, you know, do something with it that puts carbon, does the opposite, puts carbon back in the soil, helps our plants, helps the people that eat those products. And that's more the altruistic side of the business, both businesses really. And that's the part that we're really focused on for the next few years, growing that, selling the carbon credits and, making good on the promises of this material. Yeah, it's exciting times. Tell me more, Jay, if you don't mind, about the carbon credits and, and a little bit more about your plans, personally and professionally, moving forward. Well, professionally moving forward, the thing that I'm really excited about is getting more people on board to help us out. And as we bring more people and more ideas in, excited to see what direction the uh, company kind of takes on organically. Derek and I have a, a vision for how this is starting out and don't have a complete vision of where it's gonna be five or 10 years from now. There are, that depends on the people that we are drawing to ourselves now. And that seems to be happening where people hear about this and say, hey, you know, what are you guys doing? Can I be part of that? So that part's pretty exciting. I've been involved with several startups over the years and 
having that tipping point where you have all of this ideas and fresh ideas and new insights and specializations that people bring into your company. And I'm just looking forward to the energy that creates and just what we're all going to be able to create together from that base. There's certainly a buzz around it and the ball is now officially rolling and gathering momentum. And I think it is, it's kind of infectious, isn't it? I think much like some of the other podcasts I've done with, with members of uh, conscious capitalism, certainly over here in Connecticut is that if somebody has the foresight to do something and to take action and to, to create something and make something happen, it kind of snowballs. And I really hope that is the case for you guys. Uh, if people want to reach out to you, Jay, Derek, and they want to continue the conversation, how can they find out more about you, the company? How can they reach out to you? They can find us on our website, which is soil carbon management, all spelled out.com, or they can call the old world winery. And Derek, can you give that number? Yeah, there's uh, oldworldwinery.com. That's probably the easiest way. Click through the uh, the website, uh, or if they want to do a telephone call, it's 707-490-6696. We're usually there, <laughs> but if not, leave a message. But the uh, you know emails and and seeing a little bit about what we do at the Old World Winery website, you know, might help in people kind of bringing some visions to what they heard today. Uh, it's fantastic. Gents, it's been an absolute pleasure learning more about what you guys are getting up to in your various guises. I would really love to reconnect maybe in a year's time and to see where we are then. Uh, so hopefully you guys don't mind uh, doing this all over again in 12 months time. But it's been an absolute pleasure. Jay, Derek, thank you so much for your time today and being on The Curious Capitalist. Thank you Perfect, so much, Claire. Claire. Thank you. We'll see you next Harvest. Thank you for taking the time to listen to this episode of The Curious Capitalist. If you would like to find out more about Conscious Capitalism, or if you would like to join the local chapter, visit the website connecticut.consciouscapitalism.org. The Curious Capitalist is available on all podcast platforms, including Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music and Spotify. If you have enjoyed listening to this episode, subscribe to and share this podcast today. This podcast was created and produced by Red Rock Branding, redrockbranding.com.